Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce. This week, we interview Tom Robertshaw with Space48. He gives us a little history on his e-commerce survey that he started publishing while he was still at university. We get into the ever-growing community on big commerce and talk about big commerce and big commerce apps. And how could I talk to a Magento master and not bring up a little bit about Magento? Magento Creative, partnering with the client to help fulfill their strategic growth, serving the world as an Adobe Gold partner and big commerce elite partner. Magento, the code of commerce. This episode is sponsored by Eway Corporation, the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise-level digital solutions, and AWS Select Consulting Partner, Eway Corporation, forward together. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce. Tom Robertshaw coming live from Bath, England. Tom, introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Tom, Innovation Director at, at Space48. Excellent. So Tom is here today to talk a little bit about big commerce and um, some of the things he's been doing in big commerce. Tom, tell us uh, a little bit about your background, where you got started, and where you're going. Sure. Uh, if, we go, if we go way back, I realized yesterday that it's been 10 years since my uh, my last uh, exam studying computer science at University of Bath. Uh, and it was around that time that um, Magento was really sort of coming to, to the forefront of the e-commerce ecosystem. Um, and me and a buddy, uh, Nick, decided that, oh, this would be a good idea. People make money with e-commerce websites. That seems like a good, good gig to get into. Um, and yeah, then for many more years uh, after that, we we ran a Magento agency uh, called called MeanBee, um, which eventually was acquired by by Space Forty Eight, um, and we've gone through the the Magento One to Magento Two, which we still continue to to support um, and and build new new stores on 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 top of. Um, but also naturally, as the sort of e-commerce journey has changed um, and e-commerce marketplace has changed, we've moved to other platforms as, as well. So we support uh, things like Shopify, BigCommerce, uh, and we also have some uh, experience in, in shopware in the past as well. So, so yeah, it's been a, a journey of, of platforms, um, journey from kind of running a business to kind of being within a larger business, uh, kind of acted as um, a managing director, sort of CEO initially, and then uh, moved to Space48 and became an e-commerce consultant, sort of guiding um, other merchants and internal team members on how to approach projects based on my experience and and, and now it's it's changed again um particularly over the, the last years obviously a lot has changed um, but i've moved into working on uh, apps particularly for the the big commerce platform um and this that's meant that i've kind of thrown away some of the old hats uh, but picked up a lot a lot of new ones being sort of back to being a startup within a within a business so i'm kind of back to coding um, back to sort of product management deciding what, what we're going to build um testing a bit bit of everything thrown in so it's quite exciting. Yeah, such a journey. I remember one of the things that you did originally, or one of the things that you were known for was a survey that you did of e-commerce platforms across uh, across the internet, across the world, right? What yes. got you motivated to do that? That was... I if, if not 
close to the, the final year of my university education. Um, so we were looking to, you know, should we graduate to this agency thing that we'd started on the side um, uh, in sort of nights and weekends. Um, and so I decided, oh, well, I, I'd had experience um, working at a company called Netcraft in the past, and they're very, they're very famous um, for their internet surveys. And so with that sort of background and contacts, I decided to, to write my own um, to look at, you know, with the Alexa top 1 million, let's write some, some Perl scripts and, and some regex to see what we can find in terms of uh, Magento usage. Um, and yeah, it was a bit of a, a whirlwind uh, coming home from, from your, your lectures and then seeing that Roy Rubin has commented on your, on your blog post. Um, so that was, that was, that was very nice. Um, yeah, st strange experience. And I'm grateful that um, yeah, I was able to continue with that on for, for a, a good few years. Were you hoping that it would at some point you would get acquired by Gartner and be uh, and be one of the Tom Robertshaw Gartner survey experts? I, I won't deny that was that definitely crossed my mind at one point. Um, you know, when we were thinking about what it could turn into, because for a short time we we did um, run it as a second business, um, but realized it's hard enough doing one, let alone two. Um, so we, we went back to a core focus. Um, but funnily enough, like things kind of come around um, the HTTP archive. Um, they do a sort of a state of the web report each year and have done for the last couple of years. Um, and they're just organizing the 2021 edition. And they were looking for authors for um, the e-commerce chapter. So uh, I saw Alan Kent, uh, who previously of Magento, now of, of Google, um, talking about it and looking for, for help. And so I've volunteered. And so we're going to be looking into uh, using that runs um, Wappalyzer across uh, the sites in the Chrome uh, UX um, database. Um, and then you get performance of data out of that as well. And so we're going to be producing a report um, the state of the state of e-commerce so it, it feels a little bit of a flashback i'm excited to, to get involved with that yeah and uh i've been working with alan kent a little bit on some of the pwa stuff uh and he i know that he's still very passionate about the community and i'm i'm happy that he went from ebay to magento to google and has landed and is continuing his role in some community-led projects from the community side of, uh, of Magento into big commerce, do you see a big difference uh, in how those are happening? And do you think there's a space eventually for what you're doing on big commerce in, in building a community? It's, it's much smaller, I would say. Uh, I think it's fair to say that it's, it's smaller. Um, it's smaller in its, its journey. Um, I appreciate the company has been around and the platform has been around for a little while. Um, but it's seen somewhat of a, a revolution um, over the last couple of years as it's, it's moved to target a slightly different uh, size size merchant and it's adjusted its kind of um, its feature set and its direction towards sort of more uh, uh, mid to enterprise businesses. Um, but I think it's the early stage. They do have developer advocates to try and sort of rally the, rally the troops um, uh, and support each other, um, and they're very proactive in sort of linking people together with um, questions on Stack Overflow, um, uh, so the support forums on BigCommerce. Um, and I think they are, it's currently essentially a closed beta. They're running a, a Slack group where there's um, almost 
600 people um, in uh, 600 developers where people can ask questions and, and get answers and so you can kind of request for access to that and that is that feels like the, this kind of the start of um, a, a growing community um, with with some that are as I say old hands that have been there through many years of e-commerce and then those like myself that are, are fairly new so it's it's different and I think it's got a more western uh, and Australian given its heritage bias um, compared to perhaps our, our prior days at Magento, which um, given it the kind of the access and the, uh, the how kind of international friendly it was from, from day one, um, almost day one, then, uh, you, you know, that community sp uh, spread across Europe in particular as well. One interesting thing that I've learned in the last month or two, just doing these interviews is that there's a robust Shopify community and or or there's a stated robust Shopify community. I've yet to find it. And I think one of the things that Magento did well or does well is outreach. And so what that developer, the developer advocates um, in big commerce. Um, and I guess I haven't had that experience yet. We're, we're, we're still fairly new to big commerce, but from a community standpoint, the developer outreach or the outreach from Magento originally was organic, but was also very robust. So I'm wondering your experience between the two, how did you got introduced to big commerce? How, and how was that different from Magento? I'm actually not sure the first time like, I think I've been aware of BigCommerce for a number of years and I kind of experimented with it but it's only been in the last two years that we've we've looked seriously at it and that's because of of um, kind of our customers that have been you know, taking it more seriously and we're going through a, a migration process so it certainly wasn't sort of developer first in the sense of my sort of discovery of it um, I would say that I think with Magento and it's easy to conflate like community with like open source and the fact that like developers can contribute to it so it's yes it's fair that the people that surround themselves um or surround magento they are there in part because they can many of them because they can contribute back to the to the code base um or quickly share uh, an open source module which is less likely to happen in closed source like SaaS systems like shopify and big commerce um you know still possible i'm sure there are open source like scripts out there for helping sort of get data in and out or doing things with the AP their apis um but they are more geared towards um kind of making some money uh, out of um, the, the, your, the, your product or your uh, on the platform did you think that that the when so let me just rephrase this when magento 2 came out did you think that the decline of users would happen as quickly as it did instead of people just adopting magento 2 they sort of flocked to some other platforms i don't think i think i was i was i was worried um and certainly at that point, um, I was still running MeanBee. And so I think it's fair to say that we weren't in a rush to do Magento 2. There were some agencies that, you know, you want to be at the bleeding edge because it's it's part of their their, their brand and they've got to be seen to be there. Um, but there were certainly a few of us that were kind of working with the platform um, and, and trying it out and thinking, I'm not sure I'm, I'm I'm ready to be kind of pushing this yet, and so we didn't rush for uh, encouraging people to move to to Magento two yet. There was a 
you know, um, firstly, that it's easy to say wait because you know it's a new, new, uh, completely new platform. Let's let's let leave it for six months or maybe a year uh, and let it. Everyone understands that you know new new technology has bugs. Um, but then you get to the end of that year and you're like, well, I'm still not sure. I would encourage. Um, and so that, and that that's where it gets difficult because um, at some point you have to um, decide whether or not you know you're behind this platform or, or not, and then can you confidently uh, sell it as the the right solution to the merchant that has come to you asking for um, a, a new store and that was that was a difficult one and there were there were many times when we had to re rethink our approach because we'd been like we'd come out of university stumbled on magento and thought well, like this is the the one size fits all e-commerce platform why would you ever choose anything else um and that was relatively true for Magento One and for the um, alternatives that are available at the time. But then it, it increasingly became such that when Magento Two was out and with all the kind of the issues that kind of faced particularly early on, um you have merchants coming to you that don't need the complexity. Um, and so they don't get the return on investment of of such a kind of uh, unwieldy uh, platform and so so we that's when we initially started looking at, at Shopify uh, to, to be honest because we re recognized that some merchants the budgets they were looking to spend sort of look after their site um, and they um, didn't want to spend those just like you know spend all of it on just maintenance and, and patches which is completely fair they needed something that was simpler was going to do most of what they wanted, if um, if not not all, and so that's when we looked at to alternative platforms. Um, so yeah, it was a it's a tricky time, particularly for for agency owners, and um, continues to be. And I know we were going to make this a hundred percent about big commerce, so let's now move into a hundred percent big commerce. And just as a plug, or no, not as a plug, as a dig, the big commerce guy keeps telling me he's going to send me swag. So I'm going to continue to wear my Magento Masters shirt in all of our calls. And I have my little Magento badges here on my microphone until I get some big commerce swag. And I'll wear that on our on camera. <laughs> all right. So the Magento 2 came out. Uh, a lot of customers decided that it's well, they've, they've learned it's very expensive and it's very difficult sometimes to move from M1 to M2. Um, what made the what you and then you also mentioned Shopify. What made you decide to go with Big Commerce instead of Shopify for new builds? Uh, it, to this day, it still depends on on the merchant. So as I say, we are still doing Shopify Plus um, stores as well as Big Commerce stores. Um, it goes through that. There's a there's a discovery process and, and platform selection process that we take merchants through, um, and like. One way that I look at it is I sort of go through the evaluation process where you first consider like Shopify because it's the the largest um, kind of it's the largest platform, but it's uh, and you could consider it as kind of very reliable for it's the feature set that it provides. Um, but quickly, um, I find that it just just doesn't have the features that most merchants that I typically work with um, expect. Um, the things um, it, it, it's surprising to hear that wish list isn't out of the box, like that categories don't work the way that you expect them to work, that filtering doesn't work um, the way you expect it to work, and promotions you kind of can't do those without a developer. And so 
while for very small businesses or simple businesses, simple e-commerce, Shopify works well, um, it very quickly then uh, for me, it moves to e-commerce uh, because it has more of those features that we expect as just, you know, the um, standard uh, in e-commerce. Um, and then only if, you know, and only if e-commerce can't do what you're looking for um, and the, you really have some, some complex technical requirements, then we look to Magento. So the, I, I guess then I, I feel as though big commerce is just as easy out of the box to set up and use as Shopify. And if big commerce always has more features, why would you ever in your platform choosing, why would you ever choose Shopify? Yeah, that's a good question. And I, I would certainly um, make my vote for, for big commerce, particularly where, when there might be features that you're not using yet. Um, you, we know that it has a lot out of the box so that it's available to you once once your business grows, they're there already. So I, I certainly would recommend big, um, big commerce. Um, there are other opinions that um, I can kind of acknowledge where I want to use the best of breed in, in terms of technology. Um, I want to use a technology that is well-proven and it's it's hard to deny that Shopify has um, something in the region, somewhere in the region of 1.7 million stores versus big commerce is 70,000. So um, in terms of stability in the platform, um, it, it's fair to say that you know, Shopify has kind of proof, proof in numbers. Um, and so I can't, can't deny that even if I would uh, be biased towards big commerce right now. Yeah, so my my experience so far, and we are now a, a big commerce partner focused mainly on Mexico at the moment. But in the so in the Mexican market, the reason people go with Shopify is because they're really good at marketing. Yes, and, I mean, and being good at marketing, the and then having some of that volume behind you helps you to be a a, a larger leader in that sector because of the amount of people. You can't deny that that amount of people makes it a strong platform. It doesn't make it necessarily a better platform. Mm -hmm. um, so some of the other things that I've I've been learning about um, Shopify. Well, let me just say SaaS versus Magento in general. Uh, Magento, unfortunately, in the last five years has gotten a, a reputation of being somewhat slow. Uh, However, I have learned from interviews with some other uh, Shopify people is that Shopify can be equally as slow or slower and you have to pay attention and you have to spend some time to, um, to make sure that the site is performing well. Tell us about your experience in performance uh, on, on the SaaS platform. Yes. Yeah. Well, specifically because I think um, I don't think it has, I haven't come across it having the same um, problem with liquid as you discussed um, uh, on a previous episode in, in Shopify. Um, but yes, performance, you know, the more code you have, the slower your store, or store is regardless of what platform you're on. Um, the benefit on, on SaaS is that you don't have um, access to the to the sort of core code base. So you can't do something um, uh, horrendous when it comes to uh, the code base that is gonna create poor, poor performance. But uh, what tends to happen then is all kind of the, the third party applications, um, their, they, their access to make modifications is on is in JavaScript more likely. Um, and so 
your performance is not going to be you know, any performance degradation degradation isn't going to be on the sort of server side response which is you might be more familiar with in the magento land where you're kind of looping through lots of models or something like that um, and a large collection uh, and that creates kind of the slow initial response um but in in sas land you might have a lot of javascript that is running which means you might kind of have all the html but it's there's lots of third-party scripts to, to fetch and um and then kind of areas of the page to modify and so your sort of time to interactive um might, might be slower instead so so yes i think with uh, um with regardless of your tool set and what's available to you, it's, it's still perfectly possible to make a, a slow store. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some, some benefits to SAS that um, your, your hands are tied a little bit more and sometimes, sometimes that's a good thing. Uh, so moving on to, um, to what you're doing now, you're doing apps on the big commerce for big commerce stores. How mm -hmm. do you see that being different than what it is for Magento or maybe I'll just, make it simpler. Can you explain to our general users the difference between an app on big commerce and an app and a Magento plugin or extension? The most exciting, exciting thing for me is that it's very easy to install. So it means it's really easy to try um, new, new apps out in the Magento world. When you kind of have a need, you look on the Accenture marketplace, um, you might choose based on reputation, on reviews, um, on, on price point, uh, and the features that are described, and sort of make a choice there before you get your agency uh, involved, because you know that there's then going to be a development cost in terms of them installing the app, perhaps integrating it with other apps that you or extensions that you have. Um, and so you, you want to kind of only ask them to do that job once and you want to then say, oh, actually, I don't quite like that extension now. I have it installed. Let's try the other option. Um, one of the things that excites me around um, big commerce apps is that um, the, the barrier to entry is, is a lot lower because the merchants can, can literally browse the, the app store, choose the one they want, um, and I'll kind of be offering a like free trial and, and free on sort of sandbox um, non-production stores so that merchant can really kind of move quickly with their business and try an app out, not have to get the agency in, involved. In, and if it's sort of just sort of admin functionality, um, particularly, they don't even need to get the agency involved to do any sort of integration. Um, so so I, I like that from a, uh, a point of view that merchants can can move a lot more quickly with with their their business and um, uh, and I guess from the, the the business side of it from from my business side of it um, you know the lead time for a sale is a lot shorter because they can they're not I'm not trying to, to to win them over to to my app and then find that I've got to wait a month for the the lead time on the the agency to install it so um, that's that's pleasant as well. Yeah, I can't remember who I was talking to, but we we did we spoke about Magento Connect and the fact that at, in Magento One you could theoretically install a module in admin and then break your store and then nobody could get back into it unless you're a developer. <laughs> yeah. uh, that I'm assuming that doesn't happen on big commerce. Well, it doesn't. I know it doesn't happen on big commerce, <laughs> so I shouldn't even say I'm assuming that. Um, so the the app experience would you say it's more um, it's more similar to the way it works on WordPress, where you can install some extension and try it. And then if it doesn't work, you can delete it. Uh, yes, so you can yeah, uninstall it very, very easily as well. Um, I would say that 
for my my gut feeling is that it's more reliable. I know the WordPress um, like plugin market can can have its own issues because it's still sort of you know installing um, you know that code um, on uh, on your on your WordPress site. Whereas any big commerce app, um, all it's really doing for the uh, most part, particularly again kind of admin area apps, there they're just communicating with BigCommerce APIs. They're not sort of adding code to your site. Um, and so um, they're, they're far less likely to sort of um, in, interact negatively with each other. I was listening recently to Commerce Party, Karen, Baker, uh, Karen Baker's uh, podcast, and she was interviewing uh, Christoph Ringliff, and they were talking about an early hackathon at Magento and how there was a, I think Karen was working on an, an, um, an extension called Magento Trash that really uninstalled a module instead of just pretending like you uninstalled it, but it still runs completely in the background. Uh, I think people aren't aware about those type of issues on Magento, especially on Magento 1, when you go into admin and you click or you just go and you, and you disable the module, it's just disabling anything that happens in admin, but it's actually still running in the back end, which was one of the mm -hmm. most frustrating things about, I think, about the Magento and how it was architected originally. Um, okay, so back to uh, back to big commerce apps. Uh, so how do you how do you come up with the ideas? Kind of going back to the community and where I think the big commerce community could could shine would be something around innovations uh, and how those ideas get kind of put forward. And then how do you monetize that? Um, I think I'm, I'm kind of hoping with these uh, groups that are sort of popping up as I, as I learn um, more about who's kind of in the community, whether or not you know, we're connected or, or not initially, um, I'm hoping that that provides opportunity to kind of encourage other other people to, to kind of share solutions. Um, uh, I was always surprised when I, I spent about three months in Chicago a few years years back. Um, and at that point, I, I thought it was a great idea, a great opportunity to sort of meet a completely new kind of area of kind of the and the people that are working in e-commerce. Um, but I was surprised how just slightly different culture, kind of UK versus US, where just meetups weren't so common, whereas it was much more common over here um, to have like a, a Magento meetup um, or a PHP meetup, um, where those sort of ideas can can thrive and get encouraged and people can share. Um, whereas when I went to Chicago, there was there was very few um, of um, uh, certainly in kind of the e-commerce space. So I think it is a is a cultural thing, um, but I'm hoping that I can do my kind of my, and play my small part in in terms of helping other people out, um, answering questions, um, in, encourage people to share. And so when you know, as I progress through this BigCommerce apps uh, and I learn more about BigCommerce, I want to share it, whether that be in some of the videos I've already been doing, um, uh, blog posts or deep dives in terms of how to achieve certain pieces of functionality. Um, and then there, maybe if there's some sort of common tasks uh, that I can I can share as a as a script that consumes BigCommerce's API that I'm not looking to to productize or monetize, um, then then I'll I'll do that. So I think you know the the space is still there to to allow people to um, experiment. I appreciate with apps versus extensions. Extensions are code that you share that other people then have to get, take care of. Um, whereas with apps in BigCommerce, you have to host them um, somewhere to be able to kind of use them. And so um, there's that extra step between um, kind of 
getting an extension or getting an app and then, then making use of it. But I, I, I hope to hope to encourage that. And are you looking at the app as sort of a one-time install and get paid for it? Or are you looking at a SaaS model where somebody gets a subscription to that particular app and then you're measuring some throughput or something like that? Yes, I'm, I'm looking at both um, and sort of evaluating it based on kind of the, the, the particular product. Um, again, because it's uh, SaaS, you have that benefit of installing and uninstalling and, and choosing. So you sort of renting functionality. And so that's why the, the monthly fee makes um, a lot more sense. So you have that sort of lower um, entry fee. Um, and then uh, because you don't have to worry about the hosting um, or uptime or, or upgrades or anything like that, um, kind of think that deserves that sort of service fee. Um, and then you know, as soon as you don't want it anymore, you want to rem remove that technical debt as it, as it were. Uh, I don't write technical debt. All my code is technical debt. Um, yeah, then you can uninstall it uh, and stop paying for it. All right, I'll make one comment on technical debt, and this is directed to Magento One users. Uh, they, there's a lot of Magento One users who feel as though the 10 years of technical debt, we'll call it technical debt, they have on their original store should just transfer to Magento Two. This is a rant, by the way. <laughs> all that all that time and money they spent in 10 years on their Magento store should e just equally transfer to their new platform. And let's just call Magento 2 a new platform. It's not a it's not an upgrade. It's a new platform. So regardless if you've spent $50,000 a year on maintaining and upgrading your website in 10 years, take that and transfer it to your new store and it most likely in the, in the same exact look and feel is not going to happen again for less than the amount of money you spent. You're going to have to put some significant investment in that new store to make it look and feel and do what your old store did exactly. Anyways, you mean, I'll, you mean I can't just remortgage to Magento 2? Uh, you can definitely remortgage. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, you can you can go to Magento 2 and buy an, and get a new mortgage to, to redo it. And if you've spent a half a million dollars, chances are you should spend 150 to 200,000 to make your store exactly like it was. That's sort of a, I don't know, that, that's my little rant. It's probably not, it, it, that's probably the, that those costs don't equate exactly, but I also feel as though people expect that. However, as we're moving into this SaaS world, you know, you mentioned, I know that we, we talked about uh, Shopify, it was Mark Lewis that we had on the interview, and, and he talked a lot about putting boundaries around what customers can choose. And I think that's one of the most important parts is that Magento lets you choose whatever you want to choose, and then you can just do it and then cost, cost be damned, right? So <laughs> let's, let's add 70 modules, and then let's maintain that over time. And let's then question why is our site slow and why is our upgrades expensive? Can you comment a little bit about adding 70 extensions onto big commerce and how that impacts your cost and of course your performance? I haven't come across any big commerce stores with, with that many uh, apps or extensions installed, but um, I think 
comparing it to the Magento days, I think that's that's less likely to happen. Um, I think that if you if you do have a kind of a series of apps, it's less likely to cause the, the performance bottleneck because of the API approach rather than kind of everything being in the, the underlying code base. Um, what else there is there to, to, to say on that? I think we can still have the performance problems going back to what we were, we were talking about before from the front end. So the more apps you have, um, you know, the, your server response might still be quick, but you might have a lot of JavaScript running um, um, and compatibility between things. So if you've got lots of JavaScript doing different things on the page, then you know there's there's still a chance of compatibility issues. So um, any platform, the more that you kind of add on from different parties that has never you know, never had a chance to to test all of these different apps um, on one store, then yeah, there's there's going to be maintenance costs, and that's why you want to you want to choose a platform that has you know most of what you need and a bit more so that you can grow into it um but you're not going to want something that um has you know too few features for you and you need to to kind of add 10 10 apps before you even get started um you know, 10 is a kind of magic number here um and, and similarly you know the choosing an e-commerce platform that has all bells and whistles that you're never going to use half, half of is, is probably not going to be appropriate for you um, either from a sort of um a pricing um, point of view and maintenance point of view um so that's, I think that's that's probably a, a fair response. Um, but I, I share your your your. I appreciate it was a bit of a rant, but it's a, a real struggle for for merchants. Um, on your previous point around, they've spent so much kind of money, whether it be on Magento or BigCommerce, like on the, and maybe going through a rebuild. Um, and it's very easy to forget what kind of what came out of the box in, in your platform um, and how you've you gradually over the years tailor it to to your business, um, and then. You know, for many technical uh, tech products, we talk about MVP. Like, um, often in kind of the e-commerce world, MVP is exactly what I have now, please, um, on this on this new platform. Um, and that's yes, it is is very difficult to to achieve when you've spent five years worth of sort of your your agency retainer or internal dev time um, customizing it uh, and making it kind of everything you want it to be. So I appreciate that that pain for for merchants. Um, and so yeah, give, give them a bit of credit for. Yeah, that was a little bit of my snarky sarcasm, and I apologize for that. <laughs> All right, so we have about five, 10 minutes left here. Um, back, just going, kind of going a little bit back to the community aspect of big commerce, is there a space for hackathons in this, in this type of thing where we're trying to create some solution and a group of developers come together and we, we do a hackathon on big commerce? I'd say so. I've already hosted one internally. Um, so I appreciate that you know, a, a little bit because I, I want to build more apps. Um, but as we have multiple teams working uh, internally on big commerce projects now, as well as um, myself and a few people contributing to the big commerce apps initiative, uh, we wanted to kind of kick off um, a new financial year and new set of object objectives to expose more people to what it means to build a big commerce app um and so kind of getting stepping away from our project work for for a day we got together and um picked a topic did some brainstorming um around how we might want to solve it um and then broke up into into groups and and experimented with with building an app um and so i don't think you know being open source or not open source prevents you prevents the developer community from from having a hack day it's just you know what um, how do you 
how do you um, add on functionality? Is it is it kind of by actually deploying code and calling um, kind of internal API um, and service contracts and things like that, um, or is it um, using public facing APIs? And so uh, you can still be you can still be innovative in that space. Um, and so I hope to, as I said earlier, I hope to in, encourage that and hope to see um, some some more hack days. I'd say my personal personal frust frustration with with Magento hack days I've seen in the past is like I, I enjoyed it more when it was that kind of like we've seen this um, problem on our projects like wouldn't it be great if and then look, look to solve it with a Magento extension um, I was less uh, personally I was less ex um, excited when it became a sort of a you know um, can I create a PR to, to Magento um, you know I, I I believe that's an exciting part of the Magento ecosystem being able to do that I think that's that's um, important for the Magento space. Um, but I, I was more excited. And then it's going to be from my background as well. And that's why I'm innovation director, I guess. Um, more excited where we just get to talk about the problems and then just solve them there and there and it not look to not look to try and create a solution that's going to be right for every Magento merchant ever um, and be suitable for the core code base, but create something that is 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 modular that if it suits you, you can choose. Uh, that's something that um, I, I really like the idea of. And so I hope hope that we can have more, whether that be in in the big commerce space or wherever. I don't think it's as I say, I don't think it's restricted to, to the open source world. All right, so this next one is for John. And I'm just gonna throw this out there as a community token, big titans. <laughs> Are you seeing it? Big titans, it. we'll do, you're already doing it? No, 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 I'm not yet. Well, just at least if you, anything, just go back, cause I will come to Manchester in 2022 or whenever we can go. And we'll be, I'll be at Big Titans and I'll be, I'll wear all my big commerce swag for Big Tom, Big Titans and then the big hack days that you guys are going to put on. And I'm very excited about it. Nice. It's a date. All right. So a um, uh, couple of things just before we wrap up here. How do you pronounce Hoofa? Oh, you're asking the wrong guy. Uh, Hoover? Hoover. Yeah, you know, it would have been just easier if they just said Hoover. Like, just suck it up, say Hoover. Yeah, they've got a marketing challenge in their hands. Um, all right. Uh, what else? Um, how about I'm trying to get this hashtag Mage Puppy started. And I can okay. see that this whole time you've got a cat just hanging out in the background there. Do we need a Mage Kitten or do you think? We should just do I think mage that already puppy. exists, doesn't it? I think mage, mage cat kitten. or something. Mage kittens already exists. That's a thing. All right. So I need to I need to find that hashtag and follow it. Mage puppy though definitely needs to happen sooner than later, and I need some I need some help with some traction around mage puppy. Do you do you think there'll ever be this sort of ground swelling passion around big something? in that community or do you think that the magento community is unique in the fact that people put mage in front of everything and then make some conference or some hashtag around it i've, I've certainly seen people do that with, with with big um i think that's one of the fun things with the name is that you you can uh, can play with it um but yeah it's, it's funny who knows what, what will happen with with other other platforms like big commerce um magento was was special in that way um 
but I, as I say, I think as soon as you bring like intelligent people together uh, and like uh, a lot of lovely people together, and as we as we had in the Magento space, um, you know, those, those people exist in, in other eco ecosystems as too, uh, ecosystems too. So I, I hope to hope to see it again. But it was, yeah, it's it's one that I you can't you can't make a recipe for. I don't know quite you know why it happened or what happened, uh, but it happened, <laughs> uh, and it was it was as I say, lovely to be a part of. Yeah, I think I think that bringing all the intelligent people together, and then they invited me because they wanted somebody <laughs> to make fun of and say, "Wow, that is just not the best idea ever." But thanks for coming. All right, so as we wrap up here, um, shameless plug: if if you could just say whatever you want about whatever you want, uh, go ahead and give us a shameless plug. Sure thing. Well, agency, agency first. So Space48, remote um, first e-commerce agency, uh, platform agnostic. And uh, so we'll help you guide you through that process between um, different platforms that are out there right now. That's uh, for us, that's BigCommerce, Magento and Shopify. Um, and then my, myself, I'm working on our apps, um, particularly for, for BigCommerce or specifically for BigCommerce. So the first one uh, has now launched that helps automate assigning products to categories based on rules. Um, and I have two or three uh, more up my, my sleeve that will be coming soon. So uh, watch this space. Very exciting. All right, so then two things from my side. Um, we've already done mage puppies, but uh, I want to promote this idea of big titans. And I can't think of anybody better to talk to than John Woodall about big titans. And I think that he's just got to get behind it or it's never going to happen. I'll join him. Uh, for that conference in Manchester in November of 2022. Uh, and I'll even offer somebody to help organize it with him. And then- You're gonna do the, the Austin version. Yeah, the Austin version. Oh, I actually, I have my, I have my um, 2017 Magento Imagine shirt on. I wore my Austin one yesterday, 2016. Anyways, and then one thing I'm trying to promote is a hackathon in Orlando, Florida in January of 2022 for Adobe. So it would be a hackathon slash unconference. And I really love the concept of the unconference and the way they organize it in Cologne. Cologne, Germany, the best smelling town in Germany. Um, and so I, I wanna get, I, you're welcome. I wanna get behind <laughs> this idea of having a, conference in Orlando, Florida in January. I know it gets cold in Bath or in, in Manchester in January, but we have an extra cold. Well, you lived in Chicago, so you know what it's like. It gets cold in Chicago too. As much as people in Chicago complain about Minneapolis, it's only a 10 degrees difference. And if it's minus 10 in Chicago and minus 20 in Minneapolis, it's still minus freaking cold. Um, <laughs> So Orlando, it's going to be 80 degrees or whatever that is in Celsius. So anyway, that's about that's as high my, it gets from, from our summer. So that's my shameless plug. And then finally, hopefully the, the big commerce people are listening and they should send me some swag and some buttons so I can put it on my microphone oh, and I can start oh. wearing it instead of all this magento stuff. I'll even put a different picture up in the background. Put my, my name down too. I'll, I'll get some big commerce swag. That sounds good. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, Tom, this has been fun. Um, what's the cat's name? Scout. Thank you, Scout, for joining us today. 
I actually have uh, Sasha. One of our dogs is here. She's just, she comes in, goes to bed and then wakes up when I leave in the after work. So uh, she, she is also here with me um, and it's been fun. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Great to see you, Brent. Cheers. Bye. With Gentle Creative, partnering with the client to help fulfill their strategic growth, serving the world as an Adobe Gold partner and Big Commerce Elite partner. With Gento, the code of commerce. This episode has been sponsored by the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise level digital solutions, an AWS Select Consulting Partner, EWA Corporation, Forward Together. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.